0: Lucky Boys Podcast.
1: That's the thing about New York, right? You, you just never know what pops up. Yeah. You Everything know? just happens, like, just, spur of the moment, mm-hmm. which yeah. I love. Yes. Like, love. I'm
2: not the kind of person that likes to, like, meticulously detail what's going to happen of every second of every minute of every hour of my life. You know what I mean?
1: I know exactly what you mean. I find it incredibly dull i like that for certain things in my life that i'm unfamiliar with yes agreed but i love things that are spontaneous especially spontaneously fun because there's no expectations exactly
2: and you're especially when it's something that you've never done before spontaneous and it's just like how many opportunities do we ever get for first time experiences anymore you know what i mean it's so rare as you as you as you age it's like everything becomes borderline monotonous how yeah. often do you get to try first things first ex- first time experiences at at our age at our age i make it sound like we're old but you <laughs> know what i'm saying right well it
0: gets few and far between when you i guess when you get older it dep- depending on what kind of food you work in right yeah agree so, yeah, yeah that's agree. true
1: but there's there's a beauty to fluidity of course yeah, yeah. yeah. i agree well let's introduce our guest yo and, uh, hey welcome guys
0: to an episode of lucky boys and we have a very special guest here today oliver pross
2: hey what's up guys hey, i'm actually feeling up? like a lucky boy right now yeah. being on this podcast with you gentlemen
0: That's Right? <laughs> you, yeah. the first person who ever said like i'm proud to be a lucky boy oh i'm
2: totally proud to be a lucky boy can i be a lucky boy <laughs> <laughs> yes of course kind of well you personally. are for the next few hours
1: that we're yeah. here yeah. let's do
2: it so for the next few hours i'm man. a lucky boy
1: what up what <laughs> up all right so we're talking actually you and norm knew each other back in the day uh, you I don't guys want to right? talk about that Well, you guys, you guys were interning at a corporate. major corporate yeah. company for a little bit, right. and then in getting to know you, the past uh, I guess hour that you were here when the cameras weren't rolling, you did a major 180 where you're not in the corporate world anymore. You're uh, you're you're actually dabbling so many things. You're a model. You are an actor. You are an entertainer. You are an activist which you're taking a short break from. Yes, yes. And you are also a international host. Yes, yes. International
2: television host, personality, um, most prominently featured in Southeast Asia, like in Indonesia and Singapore, cool. Brunei, those kind of countries. Yeah. Okay,
1: and what clicked when you go, all right, uh, this nine to five thing is probably not for me. Right. Even though your parents supported you through Oh man. Right, <laughs> high school, I mean, college, and then you're going, hey, you know what? Mm. now that I'm growing up, nope. Yep. I'm going to go over there and do this. Well, I mean, as, as any Asian
2: can probably, you know, relate to, my parents had very high expectations for me educationally and, you know, what Asian parent didn't want, didn't expect their kid to either become a doctor, a lawyer, uh, or a high-level yeah, engineer, <laughs> you know. And so I guess by that, by that aspect, that was a huge major disappointment to my parents, but... Um, No, I joke about that. But yeah, they that's what they wanted for me. And I guess coming out of college, that's that's what I thought I wanted for myself as well. And I did the nine to five grind. I met Norm along the way. It was fantastic. I met some beautiful people. But I also recognized that I just got tired of trading my time for someone else's money Mm. in the sense that i was never gonna ever be free like my time right because you could spend a hundred dollars and make a hundred dollars but you can spend 10 hours and never get those 10 hours back and i kind of came to the realization that i kind of just want to do things on my own you know i don't want to go to sleep because i got to wake up early in the morning for that nine to five and i don't want to i don't want to you know, I don't want to wake up early because I got to go to that nine to five. I want to go to sleep when I'm tired and I want to wake up when I'm done sleeping. Wow. You know? wow. So. Easier
1: said than done. I know some people listening to you thinking that sounds beautiful. That's a beautiful realization uh, to come to that. And then there's other people that will listen to it and go, well, that's nice, but some of us have to be adults. Right. There's responsibilities, you're saying? Right. you have to take care of? Right. But what's, I mean, your answer to that is, you're, you are being an adult, right? And you just do it differently. You, right. You're adulting differently. We actually had a a, a doctor here, and, and he made a... a, a what was it? Um, Calvin? Calvin's uh, son. Son, thank you. <laughs> we had a couple of doctors, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, there's I'm a lot up. of doctors. And and he what he said really struck me. He's like, some people just don't know how to be adults. They suck at being a grown-up. Yeah. And it just made me go, holy shit. Because we were almost programmed to be a certain way yeah. when we were kids so that when we we're adults, we just never questioned it yep, and just kept on going through life without realizing how unhappy we are until it's too late. yep. And for you to have that realization or awareness at such a young age is, it seems to be the norm now. I see, I'm seeing, especially with this generation, right. I'm seeing more and more people waking up to, what they are what they want they're becoming Mm -hmm. more self-aware right Mm -hmm. now
2: it's not lost on me that in certain ways i am privileged in the sense that you know if i had a family if i had a child i probably couldn't have made these bold choices in my career because how responsible would it be if i had say a three-year-old child to give up a nine to five consistent paycheck to Literally go into the unknown and go into a field that is, to be completely honest, not entirely consistent when it comes to uh, work pay. And, you know, there are there are major highs, but there are incredible rock bottom lows. How responsible would it be for me if I were a parent or if I were a husband, if I had other responsibilities, to other people, if I had parents that were elderly, that I had to, you know, I was a provider provider that would not be responsible. So. In that sense, I recognize that I am privileged, and I, you know, am grateful for that, and I recognize that, and I more or less took advantage of my, you know, what I had on my, you know, everyone is given a different, you know, playing playing hand, right? Mm-hmm. That was the, those are the cards that was dealt, and I took advantage of them, and that's not to say that my life has been uh, roses and daisies, you know, like like I mentioned, the rock bottoms were complete complete rock bottoms where i wept cried and mm. questioned both my plane of existence and why the heck am i doing what i'm doing you know is it sustainable am i happy am i inspiring people because those are the questions i ask myself almost daily and when i'm at those rock bottom lows those that's when i that's when i break down the most
1: mm. So are you in a constant chase of a high? Is that it? Are you constantly looking for accomplishments to, I guess, make you happy and just kind of give you that proof? Like, yes, I am doing the right thing. Just that confirmation that I didn't make a mistake. That, you know what, this is the right move for me. This is really what I want. You're convincing yourself. "This This is it. I love that you asked that. You know,
2: I wouldn't say that I'm chasing the high, uh, though when I do feel the high, it is absolutely intoxicating. And it is absolutely validation that what I'm doing and the path that I'm on is, in fact, where I belong. Because there were times where I was like, oh, man, I'm going through all these auditions, castings. I'm getting nada, I'm getting nothing. And,
1: and that hurts. And that hurts. And, so, you, and, and they don't even tell you when you don't have it. You no. just kind of find out. It's just when like find after out. the fact, you know, yeah. if you no, hire you someone find, else, you could be in the limbo for months, yeah. weeks, mm. you just yeah. don't know. Right. You're there kind of wondering. That's why a mm. lot of people say, like, you just kind of have to let go and train yourself in that mm. way. Exactly. And it's nothing, nothing's
2: ever personal. And I have to just kind of, you know, growing up, I was bullied and I was led to believe that I was not good enough. I was not tall enough. I was not handsome enough and, or I wasn't funny enough. Girls didn't look at me, um, the same way back then. And You know, I definitely had a lot of self-esteem issues. So, I guess maybe there was a part... There was probably some time in my life where I looked at every high as validation. Mm -hmm. I am good enough. But, like, not in a way that made me, you know, better myself. It was more like, ha, beat my chest. Like, see, I do belong. Take that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Motherfuckers, you know? Success is the best revenge. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But then I looked at it. I'm like, no. Like... I mean, yes, but at the same time, it's kind of like, no, you know what? Let me forgive the people that hurt me. And instead, I can use my success to inspire other people, Mm. inspire the people who who hated on me, inspire people who look at me and be like, well, if he did it, then surely I can, too. You know, I, I'm That's trying a peaceful way to look at it. Well, no, to be honest, you know, I've been in the industry for like, what, eight, nine years now. And mm-hmm. it, it took like one of my best friends to kind of like help shift my my, my peace is good, by the way. Yeah. Peace is absolutely amazing. I love peace. Like I used to always look at people like they wronged me, man. They it, it bothered me. And then one of my one of my best friends, uh, he kind of got me to realize he's like, you're letting all these people live in your head rent free. Mm. Why? Stop that. Yeah. Just like show them love and move on. I think peace is clarity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's something I'm still struggling with. Uh, it's something I'm still I'm
1: still not necessarily struggling with. Something I'm going through. I'm not perfect. You know. Hey, you live and you learn along the way. What I've kind of learned throughout this journey is. It, those highs are like you said they're really high they're really high let's use instagram likes for sure an example right when you first start off you get like three likes and you're just like you're like all right yeah i'm starting off and you get 10 likes and you get a little more high Mm -hmm. you're like shit yo i'm i'm pretty good Mm and then you add a zero to it now you get a hundred likes on a post you're just like damn you're in your feelings but then now let's say your next post let's say you get 50 likes Hmm. And all of a sudden you oh. feel like a failure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right? So I, I would I would equate entertainment kind of like that. The highs I mean, and lows. Yeah. Sometimes you get flows. these gigs and you just get like beside yourself, just wow. Yeah. And then when you don't, it like the whole world is crumbling around you because and a lot of times what's strange about life is that when things are going well, everything's going well. Right, right, right. Especially in entertainment. And then, when you're down, though, everything is shitty, like your family, your relationships, and you're not getting the gaze, they're all kind of like jumping you at once, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's so it's magnified how that... all your
2: problems are just magnified times yeah. a thousand
1: so have you found any way to
2: cope with that? Mm. to be completely honest, like I'm pretty, and I know this won't work for everybody, but I've always been very, very strong in my in my faith in God, and when I when I do hit those rock bottoms, I just kind of take a time to reflect and just be grateful and thankful for what I have and what I don't have my successes and my failures, because they've both molded me into the person that is here before you today. So I find, again, this is just me being more just setting positive vibes out into the world and within yourself. Um, I personally pray, I pray and I've been trying to meditate, um, it, it's definitely harder for me to just sit there and meditate because my mind is constantly racing. Mm. Um, and, but finding that time to recognize that we are in fact privileged. I have a roof over my head. I have food in my stomach. I've got parents that love me. I have a Metro car that can get me from Brooklyn to Queens at any given moment. Like these are, these are privileges that a lot of people that we pass by on the on the MTA every single day do not have. So I'm, at the time, at times when I feel like shit, at times where I feel like I'm less than, I remind myself that my life is actually quite good and it could be a hell of a lot worse and I just give thanks to God. That's beautiful. Yeah. I,
1: I think that's great for your own mental health. Yeah. Uh, I know counting your blessings can be very challenging yes. at, at those rock bottoms you know, is you tend to do the opposite Yes, right? yeah. it's just natural i think we all do and some people uh would lean to i guess vices to cope yes right mm. yeah right i think most people distractions do. From, right. from facing whether out, it's like, video games yeah. right or um, sex, or mm-hmm. alcohol, right? like, or, or gambling, yeah, or, gambling, yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll do a lot of those things, or drugs, drugs, yeah, right. And one. then they may have just bought themselves a one way ticket to hell, mm-hmm. right? Where they're, or they're just digging a hole that's deeper and deeper for themselves, and right? Then they need to be rescued, and then they're just their problems will exacerbate mm. from there. But you know, it's it's interesting to hear that you look to God for those moments. Uh, and I—that's I, something I've done uh, when I was—I was a lot more religious when I was younger. Right. And when bad things happened, I'd look to God. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people do that. Right. We kind of tend to ignore a spiritual being or anything until we're we're really feeling that depth of right. loneliness. Right. And we and confusion and and just fog all around us. We're not seeing things clearly. I agree. Right. And and then that's how sometimes. That's when we invite God in our lives, right?
2: But I feel like I'm also of the belief that you're absolutely right. We tend we tend to go to God when our life is in shambles, right? But I also try to remind myself that when I have those highs, mm-hmm. when I have those highs, I thank God as well, and I, I remember that hey, I'm, I'm here, here because of him too. yeah, yeah, hey, exactly. He yeah. still That's, have right. rent space. I feel your, like you library. know, like I'm not. I don't particularly find myself religious. I don't like the. I don't particularly find the rituals that are associated with modern day religious organizations to be appealing or even um, I don't even find them to be kind of consequential. Yeah, they really make sense or it doesn't make sense yeah. in today's modern world. Mm-hmm. And I don't like how a lot of things have been twisted for political reasons. And so my relationship with with God is just my relationship with God. It's you know, I have no problem sharing it with other people, but it's not like I'm not one of those. People that's going to be like, oh, if you don't believe you're going to hell, you know, like, hey, your, your relationship with God is your relationship with, with God. You know, I just I equate my success to God. I equate everything to God, you know, without getting too religious. It's just something I believe in. And it's very important to me.
1: Yeah. These days, I feel like there is a negative connotation associated with uh, religion. Totally. Right. That Some people will look at you like, oh, you're crazy or yep. you believe you're part of uh, a cult or they believe that, you know, for example,
2: I, you know, I was raised Christian and I guess I, I still identify as Christian and when people find that out, some people, not all, some people assume that I'm against gay marriage or that I'm against uh or I'm and hmm. I'm I'm anti-abortion, you know, and that couldn't be further from the truth, you know, like I wish people wouldn't just jump to conclusions and assume that, you know, just because that's what I follow that 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 is what I believe you know what I mean like right. these these political agendas these these things that are going on in the world and yes, a lot of people uh have politicized religion and faith uh, and I understand why people assume that I believe in those things because I happen to be a Christian, but it makes me sad and it also makes me angry and that's another reason why that I don't particularly find myself religious because you know i just have i know what i believe in Mm -hmm. and that's what i believe in and i will never impart my i will never force my views upon anybody else that's just where i stand with that i
0: find that like when people have that judgment against people who are of faith it's just ignorance you know i always i always i go back to this like comic strip that i saw one day about like it just showed uh jesus kind of a preaching to his uh to his, you know to, to the to the people mm-hmm. and he was saying you know you know love everyone yeah right and he says and when the one of the people in the, in the crowd said what if they are gay right what the fuck and then, and then the next strip said what the fuck did i say love <laughs> all people yeah you know that's it and and i find that when people have their own agendas you know, it just makes, it just confuses everything. Yeah, from the, tr- from the ultimate truth, right? So it's it's like, and you're not imparting any, any you know, your own biases to people. So, right. you
1: know, you believe what you believe. I agree. It may not just be, oh, uh, what about gay? What about this? Mm-hmm. And uh, look at the Bible verbatim. They may take a modern day view at it and look at it as, we think that a lot of the world's problems are because of religion mm. look at all the wars if you look at history yeah all the wars that was waged because of religion and yep. if and if you look at you know they say history repeats itself if you see what's going on in certain parts of the world yes and they're killing people because of religion or some people are um, committing suicide as a sacrifice and saying that they're promised something after the right. fact for killing a bunch of other people and, and then, so, I mean, I had this talk with a few of my friends and they're going, Will, so how do you justify religion in that, in mm. that sense? I mean, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean,
2: I don't, my personal view is that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to speak on behalf of another person's faith or religion because I don't want to speak out of hand. In
1: the past, remember the Holy Wars, the Crusades, uh, right? right well, They said, but that if was politicized, you, if, if you, right? They yeah, use yeah. It. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they use it as yeah. uh he said what happened um if you die in this war, you automatically go to heaven mm-hmm. and not necessarily yeah. the soldiers were actually you know religious you were know. right I mean you were farmers, blacksmiths yeah. I mean, whatever I mean some were children mm-hmm. right or, or barely adults and I mean, you just look at the history of it and and I guess um you know, without going too deep in the weeds here, but some people are just looking at that, the history of it, and then they're looking about what's going on in this current day and age and going, you know, why are we all killing ourselves over this? Yeah. Why, why can't we just learn to respect each other? And so, with my friends, and then I'm religious, right? I believe that there's a God, I believe that there's a higher power, right? And, and I don't use it to try to manipulate anyone to doing something or justify whatever or, actions you're doing. Hearing my friend's argument, I really—it just kind of made me stop and go. Well, maybe it's not a religious thing. Maybe the problem is us. Right. It's a human
0: thing. They, a human which, thing. Which, which is using religion. Yeah. For their own personal
1: gains. Yeah. Exactly. South Park had this great episode. Oh, okay. Where <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't see this episode in a year, like three thousand something, right? And oh. they were able to stop religion. Oh, okay. Okay, there was this big war and there was no more religion. But the society began another war. It, it was about which science was correct. <laughs> okay. Using this guy, politicized science. They science. Right. So they say, no, this science is the correct science. No, this science. And they went to war and a lot of mm. people, a lot of beavers died because of it. Mm. <laughs> I find that. Or you otters, know, otters, sorry, otters. That's yeah. just
2: human nature. I feel like, I think we're just such a, you know, we're such a, I don't want to say flawed but I feel like we're not We're not perfect. We're yes, not perfect, but right? Eventually. But we'll find any reason to disagree. We'll find any reason to throw that to throw that punch to yell at each other. I don't know why. Does it make us feel more empowered to belittle other people? I don't know. All I know is that humans will always find a reason to disagree, to fight, to yell, to scream to do anything to exert their dominance mm-hmm. over
1: someone who doesn't believe with whatever they believe in. I think a lot of it has to do with power. A lot of it have to do with control. I mean, those two things. Yeah. You look at, I mean, you just look at kids in a playground and you can see some of these archetypes. Yeah. Right. And then as you get older, you see this, you put a collective of people who don't know, really know each other in a room mm-hmm. and you see the dynamic. And Or you could just go over your friend's family house and just kind of watch the dynamic play out and just kind of be struck by the the power and control that's kind of going on and, and it's a human thing. Right. I mean it's not bad it's not, I won't even say it's evil but it's for some reason it is certainly human there's right. something human about it where like even in a group of male friends right, you know you hear there's an alpha male there's a beta male mm-hmm. and there's all these different rankings or some guys are more quiet mm-hmm. or some people lead from the back, it's, it's just but somehow the chemistry of it when you when you have this group here that believes that blue is the best, and then this group here that believes white is the best or or purple right then they're and they that they think that's a reason to fight because they want everyone to believe that this is the best mm. right, and they want to control the narrative, and we see that even in countries right How long did it take for us to realize Christopher Columbus wasn't what <laughs> Christopher Columbus? what we were taught yeah, in mm. school I was taught that he was the discoverer of I think we were all he older. was an explorer oh, yeah. he discovered Americas and oh no he killed a bunch of and people and as we got <laughs> older I was like wow the guy's a yep. maniac
2: yep.
0: Yep. he's an
1: absolute maniac if they did a movie about this guy oh <laughs> He did. I mean, like uh, a real movie based on a true story, real life. They did exploits. I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. Oh, oh I'm saying if they did a movie of this guy, yeah. modern day. Yeah. Let's say Spielberg did something and just. I'd watch it. Lead <laughs> <laughs> <I'd watch> it. <laughs> it all out there. Right, People yeah. would be like, holy shit, man! Mm-hmm. That guy was an absolute maniac. What he did, mm. right? You know, he's a drunk with power, kind of like genocide. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean,
2: it's also like you know, like in recent years, we've had a lot of celebrities. You know their skeletons have been kind of exposed, right? Anyone from um, Bill Cosby to, mm. um, what's his name? Um, blanking, uh, the
0: name? Blanking. You're talking about the Me Too movement? The Me Too movement. Well, I said
2: yeah. not necessarily just Me Too movements, yeah. you know, like uh, people people who have done horrendous things in the like past. Roger Ailes. Yes. The, the, yeah. And so, like, I, I just kind of find it, serendipitous, serendipitous that Christopher Columbus, who lived many, 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 many years before we ever came along, is finally getting his, his, uh, just desserts, desserts, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. We, we named an entire holiday. We celebrated, uh, how many days off did we have from school growing up because of this guy? And we, Mm -hmm. as kids were like, oh, thank God, Christopher Columbus day. We have a day off from Mm -hmm. school. And, and now as, as educated adults, we're like, wow, what a jerk. Yeah, you know, wow, and it's uh, indigenous Indigenous People's Day now. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you.
1: So, did they officially change that on the calendar?
2: Well, whether they did I or think did it's not, still Columbus that's how Day. I, and I think there's, there's still statues of them around.
0: Yeah, I think I go to this Italian like senior center mm. that uh, they have a gym, and they do celebrate hardcore Columbus Day. You know, yeah. they put the benches out and everything like that. I feel weird because, you know, just knowing, just because as an adult and educated adult, you know, they kind of know the history. Yeah. It's, I don't want to
2: disrespect the Italians, but, you know. I would say in that, in that instance, it's more uh, time and place. <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything. You gotta pick your battles. There. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> <pick> your battles <laughs> wisely. <laughs> that's true. That's wise. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: no, that's very true. Very true. You no, wanna go there start preaching to the wrong people? Exactly. Yeah. But he's but, at a senior center. I mean, that's pretty fucked yeah, up. Right? Kind of, like, I don't understand I mean, anybody. Se- no, no, what I'm what I'm saying is like seniors, mm-hmm. but just they just grew up in a different time. They have a different set of rules, right? Right. right. And I don't really blame them for it because at that time, I mean, think about it, you were taught for 80 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say 80 years, okay? Right. But you're, even like at our age, let's say the last 10 years of of our life, we were taught something, so we become pretty religious about it mm-hmm. right and our thoughts and our beliefs about a certain thing and then and then we're really personal it's part of our identity something we identify with and we're proud of and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and spoils it for us with the truth
2: right 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 we, we might not mm-hmm. be
1: happy with the truth we might mm-hmm. not want to admit to the truth and say fuck all that like the matrix yeah you you don't want to be
2: yeah
0: you want to be give me the blue pill man that, yeah you want to be eating that steak and drinking wine and looking at that pretty redhead yeah
1: woman Speaking of which, that's a great segue. If you you had a chance to like just know the truth truth, would you want to? Or would you want to stay ignorant and happy?
2: I would want to know the truth. I'd, I'd probably deep down, knowing the consequences of knowing the truth and being blissfully unaware, I would want to know the truth. I mean, yeah. Let's just say for example, right? You're mm-hmm. talking about
0: Columbus Day. Right. You know, you, we were actually brainwashed since we were kids because of the holidays and everything like that. And the, until we actually realized like do co- you know Columbus wasn't this savior, mm-hmm. you know? And did it destroy everything in your life? I mean, to find out,
2: it didn't destroy my perception because I was never connected to Columbus maybe in the way that many uh, Italian yeah. uh Italians would feel, you know, and I'm not trying to take away um, I'm not trying to take away how they feel or disregard how they feel. I just always looked at it as a day off from school growing up, mm-hmm. and you know now that now that that, that doesn't affect me anymore. It's kind <laughs> of like I'm reading, I'm reading the you know I'm reading and and watching and and being you know my eyes are open about the truth about what happened. It's kind of like it's hard to justify that. Mm-hmm. You know if I could take back all those free school those days off. Uh, I would, you know, if I knew the truth as a kid, I mean, not that it would have made a difference because I was a kid and all, I, I would have taken a, a day off from school over almost anything, you know, but yeah, I think going back to the question, I, I'd, I'd want to know the truth, truth. even, yeah. even if, if the consequences were, were that it made things slightly more uncomfortable in my life.
1: Mm. Do you feel that there's a higher power? For example, when we're in school, there's a higher power, right? The education system, the textbooks, whoever wrote that right. in about it, the teachers that are teaching mm-hmm. the program, right? right? The principal and the, the board that approved it. Uh, so there's gatekeepers involved. Of now, do you think there's something, a version of that as adults in society that's protecting us from a layer of truth mm. so that we think we're living in a truth in a reality but we're actually just in some and I'm not saying like simulation theory right. but what I am saying is like we're we're living in somebody else's program that mm. like they said this is the way it is this is their story that they're telling us right. but what if there's more to earth what if there's more to society than what we than what meets the eye
2: ooh i i don't really know how to answer that question cuz it's so layered and yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get into too much conspiracy
1: theories. Uh, not conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm going. Do you think <clears throat> that there's a layer of control? There's a layer of oh, yeah, gatekeeping. That's oh, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not getting into like. Do you think there's lizards that? <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: I mean, to use your example as, as, like, you know, how we were educated growing up, right? Everything there, there are gatekeepers. What we learn in our textbooks are, or what we're our what our school is meant to teach our children right think about it the movement to even you know like a lot of african-american history for example was erased mm. or not even taught asian american history mm-hmm. completely completely i never learned a, a, a speck of it i didn't have one page about the railroads. maybe yeah. and it was probably that page that I, <laughs> I glossed over Right, right but honestly like the push for for our community's history within this country is like the, the conversation is finally being told but why wasn't it told when we were growing up mm-hmm. because the victors gets to tell their story mm-hmm. that yeah. they're the heroes they control exactly. the narrative yeah so they control the narrative and you know I'm glad to see that things are changing the landscape is slightly altering uh, but I'd like to see a little more of that and I'd like to see uh, and to answer your question, yes, I do. I do think a lot of things in our life are controlled to benefit um, people that are in power.
0: There's a you know, I mean, is a segue here because you were part of a lot of the activism that was happening this past summer, yeah, with uh, anti-Asian violence, and a lot of this conversation is actually coming forth because of what was happening in the community. You know, I think you know when you were you know. It with within this uh, whole movement, uh, you know, a lot of people say a movement for Asian Americans, telling their stories. Do you think that was like
2: an important like time to get our stories told and heard? I think it was. It's absolutely important. I think it's a little bit later than I would have liked, but and I also think it it saddens me that it had to take multiple tragedies, Mm. uh, that one in Atlanta specifically, for people to come together and listen to our stories for even us as a community to gather uh, and console each other and listen to each other and talk to each other i don't i wish that the world operated in a way where something terrible didn't have to happen for us to have these uh conversations and interactions with each other and with people of similar traits or people with differing views i wish i wish we could just have these conversations and not have it to be taboo or not have it to be well that's kind of a weird conversation to have why are we talking about this mm-hmm. right atlanta happened and if it didn't happen would we be have would we be in the national spotlight at the time mm-hmm. right and think about it we since know then. the answer to that exactly yeah. right and guess what in the time since then i me personally um the amount of time i spent in the movement i feel like you know it was i hate to say it but it 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 seemed like a fad Because I don't, I'm not saying that there needs to be rallies every single day, but I certainly don't see much in the way of media coverage. I certainly don't see um, our Asian American uh, heritage being taught to our younger brothers and sisters. I certainly don't see uh, any, you know, I I just watched The Eternals the other day. And as a a comic book fan, I absolutely loved the the movie. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. Uh, but my biggest gripe was um, Gemma Chan, who I absolutely love as an actress. And I have a huge crush on her. If she ever sees this, please call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was fantastic. And I love that that we had an Asian female lead mm-hmm. um, for an MCU
0: film. Don Lee was uh, also the Korean actor. Yes, was Don also Lee
2: and, uh, and uh, Kumail Nanjiani, mm-hmm. who was fantastic, oh, yes. by yeah. the way. Hilarious. And... Uh, My biggest gripe was, you know, and the way I perceived it was her two main love interests were two Caucasian men. Mm. In my opinion, the way I looked at it, and I asked a couple of my Asian sisters, um, it can be perceived as further hypersexualization of Asian women um, being viewed as exotic and eye candy or submissive or whatever. I wouldn't say submissive because of her performance or anything like that, but then also... Uh, the Asian man, I uh, was named name, Henry, um, wasn't the Korean actor? Don Lee. Don Lee, sorry. Yeah. Don Lee's character was paired up with Angelina Jolie's character for mm. much of the film. And there was not any romantic tension in there, but you can very well see that he was clearly, like, he had such love be such affection probably i mean it, it wasn't implied to be romantic or anything but he was giving her so angelina uh, jolie's character so much affection and man it just they made seemed, him out to be a simp it not a simp but it was definitely like he was like <laughs> i He's got the you are frustrated right now just say it i got the vibes that he was like friend zoned hard oh, okay? oh, and, yeah, I and see, then I, see. I looked at that as an asian man as further demasculinization hmm. of us interesting so yeah, it's, it's. I, just, I don't, I wish we were having these conversations more often. I, I wish that tragedies didn't have to happen for us to be having these conversations. I wish we didn't, we didn't have to have these conversations because if we didn't, like, you know, I wish we, we could just be treated like any other race or so, any so other...
1: You brought up a good point there because I, I spoke to a lot of, even the Asian males that reach out to us, mm. uh, they... <laughs> about they're frustrated that Asians are Asian males are put in this uh, spotlight where where they're not cool mm-hmm. and it's weird to to date them if you're a white woman right or if you're if you're any other woman yeah. other than Asian and you're dating an Asian man it's it's strange and it's almost seems Like you're not really dating a man. And also, if an Asian man is
2: dating a white woman, it's a lot of times, depending on the culture you're with or the group of friends you're with, you're almost praised for dating. Like At least in my home country of Indonesia, when an Indonesian man is dating a a Caucasian woman, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, good job. Yeah. Great job, but it's the
1: same, same way the other way around. Well, it's definitely with, the same with way with Asian yeah. women dating a white man. It's a it's a social status symbol. It is a social status symbol, but it's like it's
2: so much more achievable for say an Asian woman, at least in my home country. Oh, for sure. To 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 date a, a a foreign white man than a Indonesian man to find a foreign white. Well, I woman. think media that just goes to show you the power of media. Yep. We are we are as Asian men we are so demasculinized like between all the the frankly negative and not even accurate stereotypes that are placed solely against Asian men. I don't I don't think I need to discuss what they are, but you know, I I mean look 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 at like dating websites right. If I'm not mistaken, the statistic oh, right. is that Asian men generally have the hardest time on dating apps or they are. Uh, frequently not like they swipe was it left or right swipe like, left the most if i'm not left mistaken is, that means i'm not interested exactly right so or i mean like i look back at my own personal dating life 10 years ago where i i loved you know i i particularly in i enjoyed i liked dating white women mm-hmm. and oftentimes i would get oh sorry i don't really date asian men that was a narrative from my, my personal life 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you fast forward to like only a couple of months ago. And I've made changes in my life, my personal. you know, I've grown not changes in my personality, I've grown into my own, into, an, into the person you see before you. And uh, I'm having these conversations <clears throat> with women, uh, particularly white women on dates. And the narrative
1: is, oh, you know what? You're pretty good looking. For, for an Asian. Asian, I I got that line th- thrown at me the first time by a black girl uh, that I went to school with. She was my classmate when I was in fourth grade. Right. But why does it have, why does our, right? And then and then I asked, I was like, well, what does that, and I was so confused by that. I was mm-hmm. like, well, what does that mean? Like, are, are we ugly? And she goes, yeah, you know, like, you know, Chinese boys don't usually look good. And I was like, really? I was like, says who? And then she goes, that's what everyone in school thinks. Mm. I was like, "What?" So I started asking that the Spanish girls, the Italian girls, the other white girls, and I'm just like, and they're like, "Yeah, Chinese guys, are, you know, aren't aren't attractive." That really got me. It got me. It got me. It got me juiced really up at fourth like, grade. How, <laughs> how old are you when you were in fourth grade? What were you? What's that? Uh, uh, I don't know, eight, nine.
2: I mean, geez, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Right now, uh, with the advent of a lot of Asian properties, particularly coming out of South Korea, uh, hitting the BTS. mainstream. Like, hey, I love BTS. I'm, I'm a Squid BTS game. army. You know, yeah, yeah. Squid Game, yeah, the Parasite. Actors there, they
1: actually thought that uh, a couple of the actors were very handsome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But like, see, I found, this, I found this TikTok. You know, I don't really use TikTok, but I saw this one TikTok about a guy saying how in recent months, I guess maybe the last year, Asian men have been fetishized recently. And I, I'm assuming it's bts had a lot to do with it and a lot of right and and by the younger
1: i think it's a younger female generation generation. the older ones already kind of made up their mind yeah but i still develop their taste buds i still and maybe i'm maybe i am the maybe i
2: am the exception but i've even found in my dating life that uh caucasian women are starting to look at me much differently even uh, women that are my age as well. But. This TikTok video that I saw was an Asian guy talking about, like, oh, for the first time ever, Asian men are being fetishized. And, you know, and then he was making points that, that, you know, well... Other people are saying you shouldn't fetishize, like Asia, other Asian men are saying, don't fetishize us in the same way, like you shouldn't fetishize our Asian sisters. But this guy is saying, well, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This Pulse is the, first, on that one. Who this is the first time that? we're being <laughs> like, <laughs> fetishized ever. Yeah. Let us have this. Yeah, man, like. <laughs> And I looked at that and I'm kind of like, I get it because, you know, like... I don't like it when our sisters are fetishized, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we shouldn't have a double standard. We really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I grew up in a society where I was never perceived no, as attractive. Here, here, Let's level the playing no, no, field. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> that's that's, that's
1: not. No, you make a great and valid point. See, it's the double standard thing, it's it's a little different when it comes to Asian males and Asian females. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Most Asian males growing up were told that they were not attractive, even if they are attractive. Let's just yeah. say they're very proportioned. Let's say they have they have a good have height symmetry or their you know? symmetry. They have good style. Whatever, whatever. If they're built, they're strong. They they'll still get overlooked, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fung brothers was here and he was like saying, like, if you're not like a like to some people, like the, I guess the point he was making was like, if the you could be like an Asian nine, but that's the same thing as a white five. Yeah. Right. So it was... We're always at a disadvantage. Yeah. So for the first time, the point you're making that Asian men are actually being looked as of higher value in a dating type of setting or sexualized. And any man, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. Right. I think we don't get... Just speaking as a man. Forget about the color in my features we don't get compliments hurled at us normally men do not get compli- uh, uh, complimented on a regular basis it's actually very rare a lot of men and the men listening and for the women I- i'll give you a little little secret if you don't know yet men if you compliment them they'll remember that shit forever yes. Yes. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. Like in the time you give them- we were in
0: Vegas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like seriously, there's, right. there's a couple of girls that I've received compliments from in the past. I, I just mm. like tattooed in my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, you really thought? Yeah. So it, it's also yeah. like
2: the reason why it is tattooed in our brains is because we grew up feeling so... Um, overlooked. The- overlooked. Overlooked. Yeah. And be- we were literally, not necessarily taught, but the way the actions of other people have ingrained in us. That we are not attractive, yeah. and, and it doesn't
0: doesn't help with the media representation no. during that time, right? So going
2: back to that TikToker who's like, "Well, pump the brakes." I'm loving this, <laughs> yo. Keep the fetishization, fetish, uh, the, the hypersexualization of Asian men because this is the first time we're experiencing it. Now, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it because, like. I'm after your explanation. I'm actually I'm inclined to agree with you now that I'm on board with the hey, bring it on, bring it on, because for the first time ever, I'm I'm considered attractive in the eyes of the mainstream. Bring it on, you know. I was initially thinking like, okay, well, you know, I don't like it when my when it happens to my sister, so I shouldn't like it when it Mm. happens to me, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So, what are your thoughts on that, Norm? I mean, we're talking about
0: compliments, right? Everyone loves compliments, but we're talking if it border if it gets into harassment territory which mm. is usually the case for asian women fet- yeah. fetishization of yeah. asian women
1: then that's dangerous that's, yeah, that's, where that's wrong to, gotcha right?
0: so i mean I look, I look i look at it both ways but you know i like compliments you know mm. when when a girl from any background or you know uh or or, or you know race compliments me I, you know i take it mm. you know i say thank you you know, appreciate that but but if it comes in harassment and she's following me, she's asking for my number. I'm on the train or something. And then she, I walk out. She walks out. No, that's that's yeah. not
2: cool. That's, that's not weird. Cool. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think we're still far from that. I don't know that.
1: <laughs> <gonna happen. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. I think, we're good, <laughs> I think we're good uh, for now. No, we're not gonna have that problem unless we become like ultra famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> unless really unless hostile. you know
0: BTS blows blows blows.
2: I mean, I
1: BTS, mean you're, yeah. any
0: thought patrol. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> But I think the the consensus is that finally Asian men are are being seen in a in a better light than we have in the last however
1: old we are. Now Mm. there are women that are not Asian that knew always knew the value of Asian men. Mm. They're Mm. like these guys are so good at so many things. They're number one, they're good earners, pretty loyal, Mm -hmm. right? Here, I mean, depend. You know, some I'm not saying all Asian men Mm. uh, don't cheat, but like. Asian men are pretty solid for the most part, right? Uh, in that category, Asian, we were men, about
2: Asian American men, right? Yes, Asian gotcha, American okay, men. Thank you, you for clarifying, because
1: <laughs> we do have a lot of listeners outside the country. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um <laughs> And uh, let's see, the good earners, they're versatile in sports, mm. uh, financials, uh, literacy. What else? Cooking, mm. like a lot of the home stuff. Asian men can are in tune with their sensitive uh, sensitivities, yes. and they mean and a lot of them and there's no secret, tend to be more introverted. So that usually makes them really good listeners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah. And they don't need to be in the spotlight. They don't need to take your shine. They're happy to let you shine and show you off. Right. There's no insecurity about that at all. And and, and that whole thing, stereotype about... Asian men
0: being like, uh, you know, uh, pushovers and stuff. That No way. No, no. no. Hell no. You talking right Asia, you're talking about Asian American men. You, you get like a. Men, Asian American men.
1: You could date a three foot five Asian guy with bifocals and, <laughs> and and hair length on the side, the same as the hair with the baddest haircut, but you. And, and super quiet and shy. You date him. He finds the right girl. He will fight for her. Like, he will put his life on the line for her. I've seen. Asian guys just do a turn into like, like just real (laughs) shivering, yeah, like just protecting their girl and just trying to be very, I guess, step up for his, Mm -hmm. you know, for his peace, for his love. And you think that
2: that's what women would like, right? But sometimes they've allowed the narrative of us being so undesirable to just get in the way because it's not. It's not the first time i've personally heard it i'm sure that i'm sure other women have heard that asian men are loyal asian men are this that and the other thing all the positives but they allow the narrative of asian men to be weak docile nerds weak, nerds you know fearful right. right and all and
1: they allow it to overshadow or not cool and boring yeah which is totally totally i can tell you it's not true because even my female friends i had this irish friend <clears throat> And, Irish female friend. Yes, Irish, Irish female friend. Uh-huh. And she hung out with me. I introduced her to a couple of my Asian friends. She ended up going out one. And she was like, oh my gosh. She's like, ever since that, I can only date Asian men now and I was like really and she was like yeah it's just you can't she's like I can't really go back you know just the conversation the culture I love watching the shows and they're putting me on anime and all this different stuff mm. and it's like it's just so fascinating and then like they talk to me about crypto <laughs> and I was just like cracking up and she's like I don't even know what that stuff is but they're just so in tune with uh, what's going on financially they know they're in tune with like the fun stuff they're still childlike in mm. a lot of ways and they know all the good restaurants Yo, and
2: we age you know? fucking gracefully man mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. Like, for
1: Real, yo, I'm 40. <laughs> I'm, I'm so I don't want to no, reveal I'm, my I'm, age. He's not, got, not, you're in the business, so yeah, not you know revealing I'm your age. But I'm, I'm looking
2: okay. I'm looking. I'm. I'm. I'm still feeling like I'm still feeling like fine wine.
1: So why? Why is exposing your age? And I know the answer, but I'm just gonna yeah. ask you why is exposing your age in the entertainment industry a bad thing?
2: So, uh, exposing my age uh, or exposing anybody's age in the entertainment is, is very, very tricky, right? Because whew, you just you wanna keep this, this perception right? You want to keep this perception. And you also, if you, for example, are like 50 or 60, that's gonna, and, but you look 20 or 30, like, you know, perceptions change, uh, and it's going to be harder for you to book certain jobs at certain ages. Um, for example, like I still look like I'm in my, I'm my early to mid twenties and those are the jobs that I can still go for. Um, you know, I'm not revealing my age or anything, but like I could still go for that. But if, for example, if I were 40 or 50, and I still, even though I still looked it, like it's going to turn people off to the idea. I can no longer go for those twenty, thirty, twenty to thirty. Even if I still look it, if mm-hmm. the casting director knows, oh, this dude's fifty. Or even more another example would be like a few years ago, I tried out for one of the big three, um, big three companies in South Korea to join a, a boy band. No, you did not. Yeah, I'm not going to mention. That's oh, all shit. I'm going to say let about me, that. Let me guess, it's big three. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that. And uh, and I did very poorly on the singing section but i did okay on the dancing and the presenting part and when they asked me what my age was at the time i was in my mid-20s and it completely soured them on the idea they were like oh you are too old because as as, as most people know if you do go to korea to train they're gonna be training in their k-pop school for years uh, for years so by the time i'd be ready to debut like it'd be at an age where you would be a dilf yeah It'd be like How weird is it If a 30 Almost 30 year old Is capitulating To a fan base Of 14, 15 year olds Yeah, yeah That's yeah. kind of weird How instinct That makes sense How instinct did Sorta. it With Chris Kirkpatrick And and Joey Fatone I have no idea It worked out Well for them But They looked young <laughs> At that time <laughs> 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 no, I agree. I agree that they look NSYNC. NSYNC was I awesome, man. NSYNC, I still. But they, love, they were awesome, yeah. I, I love NSYNC. I love. I'm down with the 90s boy bands. Oh, I, I mean, In I I, I was NSYNC fan Just over. Not ashamed huge, of Huge, huge. Oh, yeah, totally. No, yeah. no disrespect so to NSYNC, them So NSYNC better than Backstreet Boys? Oh, uh, easily. Uh, at least, as performers. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, when you, definitely. When you look at them, like, their choreography. and Boys Nine and did dead. not. So the, I'm a. I'm a bit of a uh, what's it called aficionado. A, aficionado on okay. boy band. Let's go. So, Let's go down uh, that rabbit hole. Let's know go. The history. Okay. So, you know, can back back boys. To they the were managed movies. by the same uh, manager, Lou Pearlman. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So Lou Pearlman managed both of them with Transcontinental Records back in Orlando, way back in the day, and then, uh, you know, Lou Pearlman, you know, managed Factory Boys and made them big, and he mm. thought he could strike lightning twice with In but In actually debuted in Germany. Right, and it wasn't until like Backstreet Boys at the time was making it big in in America, and they were burnt out. They were burnt out because of all the gigs and everything, and uh, they turned down this, I believe, Disney show that InSync right away just took up, and then from that show they just became huge in 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 America, and yeah, you know, and and like with Lou Pearlman with InSync at least like he inserted himself as, like, a sixth member, getting paid as a sixth member. Literally, Sync and Backstreet Boys were making millions and millions of dollars, selling millions of records, and they were only getting a few thousand dollars. Like... That's wild. There's a documentary that Lance Bass actually made a couple of, like, a year or two ago, like, the... I forget what it was called, but it was, like, some something about, like boy band conspiracy talking about Lou Pearlman, his various Ponzi schemes and how he more or less ripped off both the backstreet Boys and, and sync and um actually funnily, funnily enough, um InSync's second album, No Strings Attached, uh it was because they moved over to Jive Records at the time and their 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 it was called No Strings Attached because they finally got away from oh, Lou Perlman. I see. Yeah
1: oh Mm -hmm. hence the whole puppeteer yeah Yeah. exactly Mm, there's
2: a lot of uh, symbolism in their music videos and their lyrics and um you know lou Pearlman went on to i guess create a couple more boy bands like O town if i'm not mistaken and and then eventually he went to prison and i'm pretty sure he's he's passed away
1: oh man but if if he swindled that much money away from all these boy bands he must have been in the nine figure oh not just boy
2: bands because his original company, um, his original company before he got into boy bands was like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but like, I think he would sell investors on the idea of like some aviation thing, but it was, it turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. Mm. There was nothing, there was nothing uh, for these would be investors who were coming in at, at the lower level to. So he you know,
0: was funneling the money
2: from the investors to. to f- earlier investors. To, to fund the boy bands. I, I don't know if it was to fund the boy bands yeah. I, I, I don't I don't actually remember but it was mm-hmm. to fund the the Ponzi scheme but as everyone knows it's not sustainable right? isn't
1: there some sort of k-pop conspiracy
2: as well oh, I mean there's a lot of k-pop conspiracies which I'm really referring to
1: oh what, what so, K-pop conspiracies? uh there's one about the whole uh, along the lines of like they're kind of just Slaves, right? oh yeah, mm. right. They they basically sign their life away, right, and yeah. there's a certain regimen that they need to upkeep. Yep, and 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 some type of uh, they need to maintain a certain weight. Even the males, yep, maintain a certain weight, certain look. They need mm-hmm. to practice a certain amount of time. They must commit to all of these mm. shows, and they get there it, is, it, it is they extreme. don't really have an option to say no. And on top of that, they don't really get paid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like mm. what they're really old, they're really getting the short end of the stick. And the, and the argument on the other side is that well, we groomed you. Without us, you wouldn't even be in this position. We mm-hmm. groomed you from a literal a literal nobody into someone that everybody loves. Yeah, like, right. Right? So why should you deserve like all Like the investment that? was made by those uh, production right. companies. Mm-hmm. So then those people as business people are protecting their investment mm-hmm. even though it's a person that is an investment that they had since they put them in the K-pop school and right. the program and graduated into I guess real real world uh performances is that true
2: yeah it's absolutely true uh from my understanding again i'm not personal friends with anyone uh in the k-pop industry now but from my understanding is it goes even more extreme in the sense that you are not even allowed to publicly date because you want to keep that perception that you are still attainable by your fan base if you're a man specifically if like if i was like a member of say bts shiny or big bang like uh Maybe, maybe maybe there are exceptions like big bang and b t s are exceptions because they are uh they have a lot of creative freedom and that's why they are as successful as they are but then other bands you know you they they've built this image for you you cannot you know like with your fan base k pop fan bases as you know are really intense you can't break that perception so like I understand not everyone but there are companies that don't allow you to publicly date people and I also I've heard of contracts stating that if you don't uh, live up to the Korean perception of beauty if you don't meet the Korean beauty standards uh, you may or may not have to partake in some level of plastic surgery Uh, and I'm told that it is written into some of these artists' contracts again I don't I don't know this uh, this is just based on what I've the rabbit hole that
1: I've well they all do have similar features like small Perfect noses yeah. Sharp noses mm-hmm. or more, more the European Type of nose Yeah um, Double they, eyelid The double eyelids double eyelid. Right They have uh, Their lips aren't like you know, Yeah th- I mean that's thin. Thin, That skin like, yeah. How do you get that their skin per, is porcelain yeah, yeah. like, porcelain-like It's amazing. Skin. But then Korean, I I met like real life regular Korean people who just it could be genetic, like just like insanely beautiful. Yeah, I met uh-huh. even even Chinese girls. I met like yeah. they just their skin like maybe they just got the higher level products. I don't know, but it's mm-hmm. just. I mean, I don't think that's surgery on the skin, right? But oh. isn't it also
2: funny, like when you think about it, right? Like you look at these K-pop bands, right? The when we're talking about masculinity, because that's what we were talking about earlier, right? The idea of Korean masculinity is completely different than how we... From the how, Western. From Western, right? Mm-hmm. We look at guys like, you know, gruff, tough, you know, guys like, yeah. uh, Helm, like uh, Chris Helmsworth, Chris Evans is yeah. like incredibly the, masculine. The timber sexuals. Right. But then you look at Korea and like uh, what, how we perceive, you know, feminine features is their definition of masculinity, Right, right? Well, so beauty in general. or
1: beauty in general, yeah, yeah. and that's very true. It's fascinating. I have a colleague of mine, a white guy, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I, I grew. This was when I had my long hair. For those who've been watching Lucky Boys long enough, they know that when I had long hair, uh-huh. they were just like, "Oh, Will," and I look nothing like a boy band guy. But you know, right away, that's debatable. They just, they just, <laughs> they just uh, uh, equated me to someone that was uh, like a BTS. They're like, "Oh, Will, you're just missing some makeup." And I was like, what? They're, I was like, you're saying I look like yeah? Would you, you grow your hair any longer? you going to look like a girl like those BTS. I was like, I don't think BTS looks like girls, man. I think, you know, they're handsome. They're, they got a big fan base for a yeah. reason, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I don't know about you, Will, but uh, it's pretty questionable which way you're going. Ha, 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 First that's, of all, that's, that's borderline inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> it, You know, but it, then it made me go, oh, shit. Like, he's probably not the only one that thinks like that. Yeah, You mm-hmm. know? There's well, probably, like, a ton of other people that number one he probably felt insecure oh yeah because it's it goes back to what we were saying before like it's it goes against what he's used to right and like the standard of beauty in his mind is like okay
0: you should be this way you should be a fucking tough guy bro yeah sharp features like
1: something like a more outwardly like that you mm -hmm. should fucking like sports and Fucking yeah. punching people in the face. Not dance, like so no, have he, rhythm. He, he comes from that cloth. Right. So that's, that's, yeah. Uh, and of course, I've, I've, I mean, we grew up in that. We're old cut school. from old that old yeah. cloth too. Like, I, I mean, I grew up here in LES. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely like, yo, man up, son. Yeah. And, but, you know, you get older and you're just like, that's pretty toxic. It is. It,
2: I mean, it's complete toxic masculinity. And that is the culture that you you, you, you we all grew up in. And, you know, I think. You know, for a lot of people, adjusting uh, adjust- and recognizing that that is inappropriate and wrong and adjusting has been very, very difficult um, for me particularly. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I served in the army for six years mm-hmm. and you want to talk about uh, the American, the American American army. army okay. Yeah. yeah. I served in the US Army infantry uh, at the time what the um,
1: fuck did you find a time god damn which is right after are school are you like right? download 60 co- years was, old like yeah. i just <laughs>
2: i was in, i was in college so i, I joined Jeez. i joined the army but the the, okay. the national guard the reserves hmm. so uh, i was balancing full time full time student status job as well as the military at the time um but you want to talk about mask toxic masculinity like at the time, and I don't know if things have changed. Uh, you know, I, I I came into the military when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was a thing, and uh, women in the infantry specifically were not allowed. You know, so we like I literally heard everything from like "Man the fuck up" to like even more extremes, which I don't feel comfortable saying. But I grew up in I grew up. Sorry, I I was nurtured in in a, in a completely. Toxic masculinity setting when I was in the infantry, uh, and I've got nothing res- but respect for the people who, who who voluntarily serve and honorably serve. But you want to talk about toxic masculinity? Like these or- organizations like that um, definitely foster a a level of toxic masculinity that is not healthy, um, in my personal opinion.
1: Now I have a question about that. But do yeah. you think it's a necessary? Is necessary that? we are trained in that sense? Like, it may feel like toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. but is it something that we need to push us forward? Is it something like, let's say, you know, the the phrase man up, right? right? AKA, toughen up, stop being a wimp, don't let the negative voice inside you Mm -hmm. take control of you. You can push through it. You got it in you. Man up. I believe you can be a man Mm -hmm. and man up. Do it. Do you think something for like, the army where you're potentially training mm. to protect your country like it's necessary oh that's that's a that's a pretty difficult
2: question to answer um me presently i i believe you know at the time maybe i would have said At the time when i was in my early 20s uh in the military i would have been like oh of course it's necessary like how you know it's a at the end of the day it was like a giant big boys club like that's just how we talked and like how dare you tell me that what i'm doing or what i'm saying is wrong but like as i've aged and um you know as as i've grown as i've gained some wisdom i think there are definitely healthier alternatives of of um you know Vocabulary that could be used or even just rhetoric that is spewed because I can admit that when I left the military, I took a lot of that toxic masculinity with with me to the world, Mm -hmm. to the working world, and it did not serve me uh, in the best ways. I I have conflict with so many people, even if I didn't mean it, I would say things like man up or don't be insert word that hasn't uh, aged very well. And I had to learn uh, through harsh conversations with friends and strangers alike that that is inappropriate, that is wrong. Um, you know, I, I'm not. You know, I think that it is. I all, my, all I can say is I think that our, there are more efficient ways of portraying masculinity in settings like that than having to belittle. Or having to feel belittled uh, by by certain rhetoric or certain words, or yeah. well,
0: look, let's I, just I, say
2: I question that. Like, why why
0: why does it have to be man up? And I get it. Like, you grew up with that. Like, we grew up with that. But why is it man up? Like,
1: because the Western point of view is being a man. But it's mm-hmm. is that right? Is an ideal.
0: But right, I know. I get. I guess
1: it. it's the what Western, what Western point Western of view. A Western man looks like he's tough. Right. He's sharp. He's mm-hmm. driven. He can overcome any obstacle. He right. take care of his shit. He can Is that level tr-
0: up. Is that the truthful view go, of go go full of save. being tough, you know? Yeah, go for Saiyan. Just say saying. Go for Saiyan. Level nine thousand, right? 000, right? <laughs> you know. But they're so, not going
1: to reference a fucking cartoon to man up in the military. Are you serious? Like, actually, they might in the actually, future. I, would, yeah. the I would, the future, would not hate that. Yeah. I, would hate I don't know, that. man. Yeah. yeah,
2: that would be kind of cool. Actually, I would not hate. I would. I would reenlist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not.
0: <laughs> no, that would probably like uh, you know invite a whole different group of people into the
2: army. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. I mean, that's interesting from a marketing perspective. Because yeah. they're
1: right? constantly looking for uh, a good way to recruit. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. are, New they recruits. are.
2: Mm-hmm. They bribed me with money, but, you know. <laughs> I was like, e- the Do they get you of- at a mall? Did they get you <laughs> no, at a mall? Uh, no, was a calling card. I was like a freshman or a sophomore in college, and oh, yeah, uh, they, yeah, were just like, money, they were just like, <laughs> oh, hey, we'll give you a signing bonus. Um, <laughs> I would always see them at the Galleria. Yeah. yeah, well, With uh, the
0: credit card pushers? And? The credit card yeah. pushers.
2: Yeah. Again, there, this is not to, you know, I had I served my time. I did my time. I have nothing but respect for people who served honorably, who do it with the right intentions. Um. You know, I, I do believe that we do need to take care of our veterans. As, you know, it pisses me off when I see veterans homeless out in the street begging for money. Mm, yeah. um, you know, it really that does. That should never happen. It should never And happen. even
1: with some of them, like, with the poor healthcare health care, mm-hmm. health support that they get, yeah, it's yeah, it's
2: it's shameful. It, it's absolutely shameful. Like, they serve this country. They did their time. And we wouldn't be having our freedoms if it wasn't for people who... Uh, again again, maybe that opinion is you know heavily politicized too, but i i 'm of the belief that these are our brothers and sisters that we need to take care of you know what i mean they 're the ones going to Afghanistan, Iraq, and putting their bodies on the line mm-hmm. uh, again maybe that 's a bad example because we're we 're also there for political reasons as well, yeah. but you know what I mean right, right. Like, but this
1: goes all the way back to the Vietnam War as well exactly right? exactly no all right yeah. so so let 's just go back to that point you were talking about like just certain language in the current modern day army has not evolved Mm. since you were there right i mean maybe it has i haven't been
2: in there in a while
1: yeah but it's within a decade right Uh, um oh yeah actually yeah yeah yeah. within some would say that's the way it's always been and it worked and they just it was done to them so they just keep tradition alive Mm. and that's how they know Mm -hmm. to train the new recruits right? right right and it's just the system that they have Now, let's say if they were to have a meeting to modernize it, to make it kinder a nicer, more inviting place to be, to prepare you for the real world so that it can be uh, appropriate. I mean, should the army have something like an HR for all these little Mm. uh, things? Like if someone called you, let's just say uh, a cunt, right? Right. Or someone called you a a, a faggot or someone told you to man up or Mm. just use all these inappropriate words to somehow address you. Right? Should the army have an HR department for that? And then how would that be addressed? I'm,
2: right? To be honest, I don't know if they have an existing one or not, and I, I'm not educated enough to to know on on its um on its effectiveness. Uh, but I definitely think it needs to be addressed. Um, you know, actually, I believe it's men's mental health month the awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I will tell you that I've been when I served in the military, there were times where I was so pushed over the edge um by my fellow soldiers Uh, i was ostracized for certain reasons Uh, i was one of the very few at the time uh, of my unit to have a degree so i was already looked upon like people would call me college boy in Mm. the most demeaning way Mm -hmm. um i was called uh, wolf boy because at the time twilight was was a thing and people thought i looked like Taylor (laughs) Lautner at the time oh Oh, yeah yeah. okay okay. now i see (laughs) It's kind of, it, but yeah. they said it in a demeaning way, right? Yeah, you know, okay. so it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh my god, hey Taylor Lautner, what's up? No, I guess be like, freaking Wolf Boy over here, like you know, I would
1: like, why are you looking at me like that? And also like that, that means they actually
2: okay. watched the movie, or yeah, yeah. I've actually never seen the movie. I saw yeah. the first like hour of the first movie, uh-huh. and. I, it, I think we all know. It as well. but like, I like I can't. It's it's just like it was so. It's a weird vampire yeah. You know, movie. Yeah, I tried. I yeah. tried. The effort was put
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So you were. You know. You kind of. You you said you were discriminated against. Um. And and then you kind of were ostracized. Like yeah. how did you
2: handle that?
0: So I to in be a honest, very toxic environment. Like
2: I kind of just you know i kind of just put my head down and i try to i try to just stay stay quiet you know i kind of was just you know at the time i remember thinking myself oh these uneducated like jerks Mm -hmm. you know like i don't need this my contract's almost over let me just ride this out and be done with it and i never have to see these kind of guys again lucky Boys podcast
0: thanks for listening and supporting the podcast Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for the rest of our episodes.